Welcome to the Renew Life Church podcast. No matter what situation we find ourselves facing, we know that God wants to speak clearly to us. So wherever you're listening from today, we want to thank you for being here. Grab a cup of coffee and join us as we tune in to our Sunday conversation. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to Renew Life Church online. Thanks for being with us this morning or whenever you're watching. And uh, I'm really excited just to be with you today and get to share a message with you that I believe is not only on my heart, but I believe it's on the heart of God and, and kind of what he wants to, uh, to say to you during this time. We obviously, we still find ourselves in the middle of, of quarantine, in the middle of the coronavirus. And I actually, I actually want to speak directly to, uh, to that situation today as far as the things that we're dealing with, what, what this is actually making us deal with right now um, in our homes and in our families. And we'll get to that in just a moment. Um, but before, before I get to that, as I was driving to uh, the office one day preparing this message, I was listening to uh, one of Corey Asbury's song. Uh, I think it's called, uh, what is it? The Fa- You're in the Father's house, the Father's house, something like that. And there's, there's a line in this song. And in, in, in this song, it says, check your shame at the door. It's not welcome anymore. And I, and I felt like today um, there's going to be some of you who are watching and you are just, you're dealing with an overwhelming sense of shame. You're, you're, you're dealing with condemnation. Uh, shame about maybe how you've acted in the middle of all uh, of this pandemic, shame about what's been kind of getting squeezed out of you because you are around so much family, so, so much time, so many, so many things that just the the things that kind of maybe you said or or thought or done. Um, I I really want to encourage you before we even jump into the message today, really hear this. Um, If you're dealing with shame, it's time to let the father deal with it. If you're the one dealing with it, you, you are not equipped to deal with shame because there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Can I just encourage you this morning as you're listening, you are not condemned. You have no reason. You are not held guilty. You are not judged. If you are a believer, the blood of Jesus has literally washed over you and cleansed you. And I, I, I really encourage you before you hear what I have to say today, make sure that your shame is checked at the door. Make sure that you let that you just let go of that shame right now. In fact, hear me this. Don't feel shameful about having shame. <laughs> like even right now in this moment, just simply come boldly into the throne room of, of, of the grace of God. His, it's, it's a throne of grace. And I know this about him. I'm just going to kind of warn you today. There's going to be some things that I say that are going to be challenging today. And if, and if you are living in shame right now, if here's what will happen, you will hear this message through the filter of shame instead of grace. You'll, you will hear this message through this. It will literally sound like, well, there's something that there's one more thing that I'm not doing right. There's one more way that I have to come up. I'm already screwing up in all these other areas. And, and I just want to encourage you get rid of that shame. Um, I, I wrote this. I, I truly believe this. If you're living in condemnation, you won't be able to hear conviction. If you're living in condemnation, you won't be able to hear conviction. What we have to do is realize, hey, whenever God begins, when the Holy Spirit convicts us, when he begins to say hard things to us, which if you've been around us for the last couple of weeks, you realize we're talking about hard things. We're living in a hard time. And this isn't even my, my cup of tea. This isn't even the thing that I would even love to talk to you about. But it is what God is breathing on. And, and the point is this. 
when we, when we realize who we really are in him, when we are forgiven, when we, are, when we believe and know we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, we realize that every time God begins to convict us or show us ways that we need to come up, he's not telling us that we're no longer a son or we're no longer a daughter. He's not hating on our identity. He's not saying you're not good enough. I, I, the, the Holy Spirit showed me this many years ago. When you hear messages like this, it's not about God calling you out. It's about God calling you up. He's simply calling us up. I want to be called up. I believe that you want to be called up. And so I just want to pray for you. If that's you, you've been dealing with shame. Um, let's just take a moment before we get into the message and let's just pray. God, I thank you for, for these people, for believers who believe in you. And I just remember what your word said. There is, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So today we, we claim our victory over shame. We claim our victory over condemnation and guilt. And today we listen with clean ears. We listen with a soft heart. We open up our spirit and our soul and even our body to hear everything that you would have to say to us today, Holy Spirit. And that, that we would listen not through any filters but our filter would literally be what you say about us, that we're righteous today, that we live in the grace and mercy of God, that we are so loved as dear children. And we hear your word through that filter today in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, let's jump in to our conversation today because I want to continue our talk about humility. Last week, Brady and Leanne talked to us uh, really about humility in regards to spiritual family. And, and today, uh, I want to talk to you about humility in regards to natural family. How, what does humility look like in our family? What does humility look like in the home? I think what was really cool about this, and Braden mentioned this last week, but as we were actually, I was preparing by myself, Braden and Leanne were preparing a message. He calls me and says, hey, what do you want to talk about? And I'm like, I want to talk about humility in family. He's like, are you kidding me? I want to talk about humility in spiritual family. So just another confirmation, this is what God is, is, is really saying. Um, let's jump into 2 Chronicles 7.14. This is where they started, and then we'll, we'll go from there. It says this, Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, come on, say humble, they will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sins, and restore their land. If there's, if there's a scripture that applies to where we're at as a country and what we're dealing with right now, um, I think it's this. We, we need God to come and heal our land. Amen. And so we, we, uh, we, we have to look at, let's backtrack. He says he's going to come and heal our land. How? When his people humble themselves. It's when we pray, another form of humility, when we seek his face. So, so today is really about, it's really about that. Um, it's, it's about humility. So, so uh, I want you to imagine for just a moment, what, what, would, your, what would your home look like if ev- for just for one day if everyone in your family was humble? If every action that they, that they took, if everything that they did, everything that they said, the way that they listened, the way that they handled themselves, what if every single person in your home behaved from a posture of humility, what would your home feel like? What would, what would your home be like? Well, I'm thinking right now, my home would be like heaven. Like that, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that this could actually happen. I'm, I'm believing that. But I, I believe that there's something about humility. It is the key that unlocks the joy that we are looking for in the relationships that we have with our family. 
And I say that again. Humility is the key that unlocks the joy that you have been looking for when it comes to the relationship you have with your wife, with your husband, with your kids, that your kids have with, with their sibling. I, I, I truly believe humility can literally change a family. Humility can literally change the atmosphere in your home. What does humility look like in the home? What does humility look like as a husband and wife relationship, as a marriage? What, what does humility look like from, from you as a parent to your kids, from your, from your children to you? What, is, what does humility look like as, as a kid? In fact, right now, I, I, I really want to encourage you to watch this message as a family. If your children are not in the room, go grab them right now. Because uh, my desire today, and I hope that I get to everything, my desire is to actually speak to marriages, it's to speak to parenting, and also to speak to children on, on, on the relationship that they have with you as, as parents as you're listening. And so get everybody in here today um, because uh, I, really, I really feel like I have a word for, for really just for all, for all parties. So let's just jump in to our main our main scripture today, it's going to be out of Ephesians chapter 5. It's a little bit of a lengthy read, but we'll break it up. Um, Ephesians five fifteen, um, going all the way through chapter 6, verse 4. Uh, reading now the New Living Translation because it's written at a fifth grade level, and that's what I need so I can understand the Bible. All right, Ephesians chapter 5. I love how it starts off. So be careful how you live. Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Check this part out. Verse 16. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. I think that so applies right now. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. This is a time where we really need to understand what God is wanting us to do. In this season, it's imperative that we understand. God, what are you saying? What are you wanting to do? Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves. Can I just say this part in scripture? I've never done because my voice isn't good enough. I'm not singing psalms and hymns to my wife. Maybe some other time, maybe in heaven. Okay, moving on. Making music to the Lord in your hearts. I do do that. All right. And, uh, and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here's where we get into the meat of what we're talking about. Verse 21. And further... Submit to one another. Sounds like humility, doesn't it? Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He's the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. Verse 25, for husbands... This means love your wives, just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot, wrinkle, or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church. And we are members of his body. Now, funny thing, I I did a little research here. I want to stop. There's two sections in the scripture right here, one to the wives and one to the husbands. Guys, Paul gave us 123 words of direction. Ladies, only 69 words of direction. So what I'm trying to say is, guys, 
We need all the help that we can get. We need as many words. We mean as, as many words as possible because we don't get it the first time. This is why your wife tells you over and over again, it's actually scriptural. And all the ladies said, amen. You're welcome for that. All right, moving on. Verse 33. This is kind of where we get, uh, it, it kind of wrap, Paul wraps up what he's trying to say. He says, so again, I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife must respect her husband. The wife must respect her husband. Moving on to chapter 6, and then we'll, we'll get, to, get to something else. Now uh, Paul begins to talk to children. So you, you kids who are in the living room right now, pay attention now. This one's for you, okay? Children, obey your parents. I'm going to say it louder. Children, Obey your parents. Your parents are amazing. They're smart. They're actually smarter than you. I'm sorry. It's just true. Obey your parents. And here's why. Because you belong to the Lord and it's the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. I love this part. Verse 3 says, if you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you. And you will have a long life on the earth. Here's the reason. It's because if you obey and honor your parents, they won't kill you. All right? They, they won't hurt you. This is why you're able to live a long life is because you're honoring them. And, um, and it will go well for you. Now, fathers, it said, this one, this one always gets me. Do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. And so... Uh, I know that was a, kind of a lengthy scripture, but I, I want to title today's message, uh, to today's message, Humility in the Home. Humility in the Home. Let's just pray one more time. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your word. <clears throat> we thank you that you always lead and you guide us into all truth. And um, we just, we ask you to convict us today to, to show us, to lead us, to guide us into all truth in love. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever been at a place in your life where you just, you kind of felt like you were the man? Like you felt like you were the woman. Like you were just like, I am killing it right now. Like when it comes to my job, there's nobody better. Oh, the last couple of weeks, I've made some really good decisions. I am the smartest person alive. Oh, I am killing, killing the mom. I'm, I'm, I'm a mom and I'm, yep, I'm doing it. Nobody better, nobody better. And we feel really, really good about ourselves. I know we've, we've all kind of been in that situation. We're like, man, I'm actually, I'm actually doing pretty good right now. Have you ever been in that situation? You, you realize what actually comes next. <laughs> A moment comes that actually brings you back down to earth. A moment comes where you realize, oh, yeah, that number one dad mug that's in the, in the cabinet, it, I should probably throw that away right now because it... I am not the number one dad. In other words, there's moments when we're like, man, yes, but we are humbled, right? I remember this happened a couple weeks ago. We were doing a young adult Zoom call. And uh, we've been doing this on Tuesday nights with our young adult community. They've been really, really special, really good. And I was actually talking to them about humility. I was teaching a message on humility. And I, and I asked this question to them. I said, when is the last time you valued someone over yourself? When's the last time you valued someone over yourself? Yourself, In other words, you chose to meet someone else's need above your own. You sacrificed what you wanted for someone else. And I asked that question, and as I asked that question, people began to talk. 
But in my head, I begin to have this inner dialogue and I begin to talk to myself. I ask that question. When's the last time I sacrificed for someone? When's the last time I valued someone over myself? And honestly, this was, this was just real transparent. This is my thought. I actually do that every day. So humble, right? Like I, I, I actually, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a dad, I'm a parent and I'm a husband. As far as valuing someone else over myself every day or, or sacrificing my own needs for someone else, like, yeah, I pretty much do that every single day. And here I was like, I'm awesome. I'm so, I'm teaching about humility and I des- I'm qualified to teach this now. I'm like, I, I do this all the time. And that was a real, the real thought that, that came to my head. And the next real thought was my wife does a whole lot better at that than I do, but most wives do. Moving on. And I had that thought. And as I was preparing this message, the Lord reminded me of that thought. And, and then I, I clearly, I was like, I had that thought, yeah, you know, I, I actually do that every day. And I clearly heard the Holy Spirit say, yeah, but when's the last time that you wanted to? When's the last time that you wanted to choose someone over yourself? When's the last time that you wanted to sacrifice your need for someone else's? And I'm reminded even in this moment of the sacrifice that Jesus made was so valuable that he literally chose to value you and me over himself to the point where he was beaten, bruised, crown of thorns on his head, and he suffered death when he didn't have to, when he had the power to overcome it. What a sacrifice. And I remember the the Holy Spirit just saying that to me, when's the last time you wanted to? And obviously it really, it really convicted me. It really hit home because um, if, if I were to be just quite honest, I don't remember the last time that I wanted to. I don't remember the last time that I wanted after right when I got situated on my chase lounge in my living room to watch my ESPN and I get asked, will you go cut up an apple for me with peanut butter, dad? No, son, I will not. I will not do that because I just got situated. I don't want to get up. I'm tired. I don't, I don't want, I don't remember the last time I actually wanted to clean up the kitchen while my wife was putting all the kids to bed. I never, there's not been a time recently that I can think of like, man, I just, I, I, I want to do that. And, and I want to stop right here before we go any further with, with this talk about humility and, and I just want to make this statement. Humility is not something that we should just practice. It's something that we should become. Humility is not something that we should just practice. We should become. The goal here as we talk about humility, the goal is that we become humble people, not that we just do humble acts. And let me finish this, this idea before you kind of have some arguments here. The, the goal that, that I believe God wants to do on the inside of us, he wants us to become humble people. It's not that we, it's not that we just have humble acts here and there every once in a while. That now, now there is value to that, but but the truth is, humility is not something that we just practice with our hands out of obedience. Humility is a posture of our heart. Humility is not something that we practice with our hands. It's a posture of our heart. Humility, I want to, I want to posture my heart in humility to where my heart, here's what I see. When our heart is postured in humility, we have a soft heart. It's a soft heart. It's a heart that, 
that Tate, when we hear scripture and we hear a message, it immediately falls on good ground. It immediately falls on ground that is going to produce something because we are so humble that we would take anything that God says and say, I'll do it your way over my way. I'll choose your way over the way that I feel. I'll choose your way over the way that, um, uh, over, the, over my way. I'll choose your way of thinking over the way that I think. You see, our, our heart is soft. Our heart is soft towards people. When we have a humble heart, we're, we're soft towards people. We learn from anyone. We will learn from anybody. Our kids can teach us. The people that are under us can teach us. Especially the people that are above us can teach us. It's, it's this posture of our heart that I believe that God is after. That's what he's always after. Now, while the goal is not to just have humility with our hands, but in our heart, can I just, here's the, here's the cool thing about it. Can I just say this? You want to know how humility actually gets down into your heart? When you start doing humility, having humble acts with your hands. It actually starts with obedience. It actually starts when we... When out of obedience, and I'll even say obligation, because the word says it, we say, you know what, I'm going to serve today. You know what, I'm going to honor my parents today. You know what, I'm going to respect and love my spouse. I'm going to, out of humility, I'm going to choose to do something with my hands. And this is how God works. Hear me right now. If you will start to, to live by faith and you will start doing things by faith and obedience, what will happen is you'll actually grab hold of the very thing that he wants to get in you. You'll grab hold of the very things. In other words, it will go from an act of your hands and it will become an act that comes out of your heart. You will go from doing things out of obligation to doing things because you want to. You will start, uh, you, you will be humble, not, not because just because God said so. You'll actually be humble because you've become a humble person. That's the goal. That's what we're looking for. And, and I believe this is what Paul is talking to us in Ephesians chapter 5 and 6. He, he doesn't say it this way. He doesn't bring in the word humility. But what he's, what he's describing, he's actually describing a humble home. He's describing humble marriages. He's describing humble, humble children, humble parenting. He's actually showing us what humility looks like. And, and I want to take a moment, and, and right here, here's where I want to dive into this, the specifics. Let's talk about marriage for just a moment right here. Let's go back into, into scripture where Paul says this, and I just, I'm going to kind of jump around, but just kind of summarize. He says, for wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. And then verse 33. So again, I say each man must love his wife as he loves himself and the wife must respect her husband. Let me put this into the context of humility. Humility for wives, humility in your marriage looks like respect. Humility in your marriage sounds like respect. Humility in your marriage approaches conversations with respect. For husbands, humility looks, sounds, tastes, smells like love. Humility looks like love. And I'll say this. Humility looks like love, not lust. It sounds like love, not lust. What I mean by that. In other words, we love without wanting something, and we all know what that something is, in return. It's actually, no, we, we, we love without a reward. We love 
uh, w- w- without getting something out of her. No, we, we actually just show love. And I mean, man, G- Paul put it this way. He wants you to love your wife just as much as Christ loved the church. Well, Christ laid down his life for the church. So there's that. <laughs> let's, just, let's just put that out there. Um, it, this is what humility looks like. Uh, if you've been around, if you've been around church for some time, you know about this book called Love and Respect. Yeah, it's written by this man, Dr. Emerson Egridge, and he he's he's taught many sermons on this. I actually got to listening to one the other day, and and I learned this. He had some research that the uh, the University of Washington did. They did a study on two thousand couples for twenty years, and guess what they found out? They found out there was two key ingredients that make relationships work especially marriages, but all relationships, two key ingredients. And guess what they were? Duh, love and respect. They were love and respect. And here's the thing about these two key ingredients. They actually worked no matter what situation or what characteristics the couples possessed. Here's what I mean by that. It didn't matter how much the couple made. Um, it didn't how, how big the house that they lived in. It didn't, it didn't matter their socioeconomic status. It didn't matter if they were a more volatile couple that was more boisterous and emotional and they, they fought hard and loud and emotionally uh, as opposed to the couples that are maybe more passive aggressive and introverted and, and don't like conflict. Across all of that, Across every bound, there, there, there were no boundaries. It, the, the key ingredients of love and respect literally filtered into any situation, into any group of people. The two key ingredients that were needed for successful relationship were love and respect. Love and respect. I think what's interesting about this is that many of us in our marriages, when it comes to the relationship that we have with our husband and our wife, we, we believe the lie that, well, if we, if, we'll, if we make more money, we won't fight as much. If, if we can just make more money, the reason we fight about money is because we don't have enough. And if we could just make more, that, that situation, that circumstance would just kind of disappear and we would have, have a better relationship. Can I just tell you that's actually a lie? That's actually a lie. See, the issue is not money. The issue is that when you talk to each other in regards to money, Wives don't talk with respect in their voice and husbands don't talk out of love for their wife. And you can take, I think money is just a great example here, but any, any conversation, any topic, any issue that you're having, if there's something that you're always fighting about, can I just say probably the two key ingredients that are missing are actually love and respect. And the thing that you're fighting about isn't even the real issue. The real issue is there's no love and there's no respect. And even as I say this, can I, I'm, I'm being convicted right now. I'm preaching to myself right now. This is something that we can continually grow in. Why? Uh, why, why, is it, why can't we just reach this place? Why can't, we just, why can't we just get to this place of, man, I'm really good at loving and really good at respecting because it takes humility. And, and one of the hardest places to live in is in a place of humility. Because, let's be honest, as people were selfish, as people were prideful, as people we look out for ourselves, me included, you included, let's just be really honest today. So we always have to be reminded, look, this is what humility looks like in our relationships, in our marriages. Humility responds and approaches, husbands, hear me, 
it's time that we start approaching, and this is the word I kept hearing, we start approaching our wives with love and in love. When we have conversations about money with them, make sure there's love in your voice. Make sure that, and respect. Wives, when you're talking to your husbands about the thing that needs to be talked about, and you've talked about it so many times, and they still have not heard you, continue to talk to them in respect and out of respect. Because can I just be honest? That's what humility would do. That's what humility would sound like. And, and I really encourage us in, in marriages right now, we, we're, we're in close proximity with one another. And there are things being exposed. I, I know that there's probably struggles in marriages right now that haven't existed before. I believe humility is the key for you. Humility, it, it's, it's going to be the key for you. It's go, it should be the approach that you take in, in, in all the areas that you, that you fight about and that you argue about. Amen. Now, I know that was kind of hard to hear, but I think it's the truth. Um, let's, let's move on to, I want to kind of keep this right at 30 minutes. Let's move to the, to the children. Children, what, what does humility look like for you in your relationship with your parents? <clears throat> humility sounds like obedience. Humility, humility looks like obedience. What does scripture say? It simply says this, obey your parents. Obey your parents. Obey, here, it's an easy definition. Here's what obey means. When they tell you to do something, you do what they tell you to do. Just do what they tell you to do. Life is so much easier if you will just listen to them. All, and here's the thing. When you listen to your parents, you're actually teaching yourself to listen to the voice of God. The sooner you respond to your parents, the sooner you will respond to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Get used to listening to authority because authority should always be present in your life. With our, with our Heavenly Father. You will be a parent one day. And I'll even say this. The, the scripture is very clear. You will reap what you sow. Start sowing. And this is kind of out there for you. But hang with me. Start sowing. If you are obedient. You'll begin to sow obedient children into your future. And I really encourage you. The scripture just says. Obey your parents. Honor your father and, father and mother. Be humble. Listen to them. I'll... I'll uh, in Proverbs eighteen twelve, it says this, Haughtiness goes before destruction. Humility precedes honor. Guess what precedes, God's asking you to honor your father and mother. Well, guess what precedes honor? Humility. Humility actually precedes. In other words, humility creates a culture of honor. Humility creates a culture of honor. Parents, let's talk to you for just a moment. Parents. Make sure that your kids are honoring and respecting you. Make sure they're honoring and respecting you. Make sure that your kids are humble. If they need to be brought back down to earth with this thing called a spanking, bring them back down. Bring them back down to earth. If you need, this create an atmosphere of humility. And here's what scripture says. Discipline them and instruct them. What does humility look like as a parent? It looks like you disciplining them and instructing them in the ways of God. Fathers, hear me in this. I'm going to preach this one to myself. Don't provoke your kids to anger. Humility sounds and looks like you not doing that. As fun and as pleasing as it is <laughs> to, to do that, make sure you toe that line carefully, that we're not provoking our kids into anger. And here's one, and I'll end, I'll end with this. 
when it comes to humility as a parent, I really encourage you to apologize to your kids. I really encourage you to apologize to your kids. What, a, what an act of humility to, to come to your kid and say, you know what, I, I messed up. I screwed up. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said that in the tone that I said it. You know what? That was anger coming out. I was angry with you when I disciplined you, and I apologize. What will happen in your family whenever you take that step of humility and just apologize, ask for forgiveness from your kids? Um, I've, I've, I've recently um, been doing this. Just felt like it was the right thing to do. And, and it's so amazing how forgiving your kids will be. Uh, there's nothing like hearing your son or your daughter say, it's fine, Dad, I forgive you. I forgive you. And there's this moment of transparency and realness that happens within your home whenever you apologize to your kids that is, um, quite honestly, the presence of God will hit you <laughs> and it will come into your home. And, and so uh, be humble, apologize, admit your mistakes. And... Um, I'll just kind of close right there. Uh, we kind of reached our time today. And uh, I know there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of stuff to do with that message. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go home. And, and uh, I was actually supposed to, to preach this last week in, in one of our filming sessions. And I'm like, you know what? I'm kind of glad I didn't get to because I got to walk this out for another week to make sure I didn't feel so much like a hypocrite when I got up here to, to share this message. Uh, because it just hits home for me. And, and I think if it... It, it, it hits home to anyone who's listening. The people in your home are the most important people in your life. And it's time that we start bringing humility back into our home. I believe this is something God's doing right now. He's actually wanting to bring humility back into the home, into your natural family. And let's just see what God will do. Let's see what God will do over the next couple of weeks as we strive as parents, husbands and wives, kids to be humble in our home. Amen. Thanks for tuning in today. You can stay connected with Renew Life Church by following us on Facebook or Instagram or by visiting our website at www.renewlifechurch.com. We love you and hope you feel encouraged from this message today.